Hello to the wide, wide world of podcasting. This is Matt here, welcoming you into another episode of the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. I just wanted to take a minute here to thank you all for tuning in yet again as we begin our newest adventure into the world of Galarian. I just wanted to do a quick reminder here to make sure that you are subscribed to us on whatever platform you happen to be listening to us on. And if you could rate and review us on that platform and any other ones that you might happen to have access to, it would do a lot to help push the show forward. And we would really, really appreciate it. Uh, on that note of support, we also have our Patreon page going. Uh, you can donate as little or as much as you want. We do have tiers going. There are rewards involved in those tiers from anything up to just getting your name in an episode at some point all the way up to getting merchandise. And some of those tiers even include early access to the episodes. So not only would you not have to be listening to my sales pitch right now, you could have been hearing this three days ago. And on top of that, of course, we have our presence on social media. We have our Twitter. We are at inspired underscore in comp. We are on Facebook at inspired incompetence. And we have our very own Discord server where anyone can come on in and join us and chat with anyone from the show and other fans whenever you'd like. The link to that is right at the bottom of our website, inspiredincompetence.com, by the way. And last but not least, we have got a Twitch channel up and running. So just go on over to Twitch, search for Inspired Incompetence. That'll bring you right to us. Our very own Tom happens to work in a rock gym. So he has been streaming kind of almost like a stream of consciousness and chatting while he does the actual like root setting on the rock wall. So that is actually a really cool process to watch. And hey, you can come and watch Tom do that. On top of that, we do video game streams as well. I know Nick used to do some Among Us streaming, though I'm not sure how much he's done that lately. But Alex has been hopping on there to stream some Resident Evil, some Unravel, and who knows what's next. Come on over, watch us play some games, chat, have a good time. But that's enough out of me. And now I proudly present to you episode four of the Inspired Incompetence podcast, Shovel Diplomacy. Hello, welcome back to the Inspired Incompetence Podcast, Satisfyingly Soggy. How's everybody doing today? Good. You know Ariel calls me soggy, and I don't like it. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Soggy. Yeah, but see, but see now I'm going to call you soggy. soggy. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, good old Soggy Joe. No. Here he comes. The human sponge. <laughs> Man. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's just get right into it. Last week we left off on a bit of a cliffhanger. We had uh, Vipira and Utrid about to uh, take a look see behind this trap door to see what uh, what horrors they unlocked or maybe treasures. And as they're peering through the uh, the cracked door, there we're gonna have a little flashback. We begin on a close up of a young woman's face with pale skin and dazzling eyes one a deep blue, the other green. As we begin slowly pulling away, her blue hair falls into view. There's no question, even from a distance, we would recognize Vipira Draco. We continue pulling back and can start taking in her surroundings. Behind Vipira stand a dozen sturdy wooden tables, several already occupied, with men and women draped in cloaks of fur, 
all chatting and drinking, clearly a tavern of sorts. Beyond the tables, we see the tavern's stout, rustic walls, framing a door and several frosted windows, which let in light only from the lanterns outside. The tavern itself is illuminated by the merry fire crackling in the hearth to Vipera's left, filling the room with a spicy pine aroma. Vipera herself is sitting at a bar counter, her arms folded on the wooden counter, appearing irritated. Before her is an empty glass, and another half full, thick white foam just barely visible in its depths. She grabs the half-full glass and takes a modest gulp. You're sure? She sets an inquisitive glare as someone behind the bar, beyond our vision, even as we continue to pull back. The unseen person answers. Yes, child, I'm sure. No one has come in here bragging about crimes of vandalism. Vipira deflects the comment with a sneer. Keep calling me child, Jerry. See what happens. She finishes her beer. And I'm serious. It's all they have. I must have cleaned up that square five times already. But look out there, and you never know it. We've now pulled back enough to see the profile of a heavyset man, rag draped over his vast shoulder, facing Vipira with his back to us. A long, thick beard can be seen blooming out beyond the width of his neck. Okay, Vipira, I get it. But what do you want me to do? Start interrogating every customer what comes in? I'll scare half of them off prying like that. No. I guess not. She tilts her freshly emptied glass at Jerry, who bends down under the counter and retrieves a new glass. Nigel and Mary go to the square every day. Well, once the snow melts. They just want to feed the birds and enjoy being... They're old. And some punk ruining their final days? If it's so important, why not talk to the authorities about it? Jerry places a freshly filled glass in front of Ipira. They won't do anything, and I'd probably become their prime suspect before the end of the day. No, I need to figure it out on my own. Under the din of conversations bleeding into one another in the tavern, the merry jingle of the bell at the front door can barely be heard as Uhtred and Rogyar enter. Jerry takes Vipira's two empty glasses to be washed. Well, now's your chance to ask one. Instead of turning to look back at the door, Vipira reaches back and pulls a hood over her head, tucking her blue hair out of sight. She leans forward, making a smaller profile, while gazing up at Jerry. Who is it? Bevenberg. Behind Vipira, we can see Rogyar take a seat at an empty table, while Uhtred approaches the bar, coming up on Vipira's left. Her eyes widen in surprise and annoyance. He never comes in here. Evening, Uhtred. How fair are the streets today? Uhtred places his hands on the counter, standing only inches from Vipira, who has turned her body to keep her face hidden. Uhtred seems to notice the pointed attempt to remain unseen, and eyes the back of her head for a moment, before turning back to Jerry. Safe. Quiet. Two pints, please. Uhtred places some coin on the counter. Coming right up, sir. Jerry moves away to prepare Uhtred's order. While he waits, Uhtred turns again to scrutinize the back of Ipira's hood. He takes in her full profile, seeming to grow more wary of the shady, cloaked figure every second. Finally, he turns his body to properly face her and opens his mouth on the verge of speaking. So, Uhtred! Jerry places two pints on the counter, perhaps more roughly than necessary. I've had some customers come in complaining about that vandalism in the town square. Any leads on the culprit? With one last look of scrutiny, Uhtred turns back to Jerry. First I've heard of it. Fed her hands full with reopening the town, but I'll look into it tomorrow. Uhtred leaves an extra coin on the counter and leaves with his two drinks. We can see him walk back toward Rogar's table and sit down. Vipira straightens back up somewhat. Thanks. 
Jerry busies himself cleaning the glass. What'd you do this time? Nothing. There's a stretch of silence between the two of them, filled in by the dull murmur of customers in the tavern. Uh, I may have roughed up one of the Clancy boys. Jerry stores the clean glass under the counter and begins wiping the bar down. Not the eight-year-old, I hope. The fourteen-year-old. And I didn't really... I mostly just scared him. Look, I was washing the chalk off of one of the walls in the square, and I saw him watching me. I went to question him, but he... he made it difficult. Jerry finishes wiping the bar down and flops the rag back onto his shoulder. You know, you should count yourself lucky that your biggest problems are some vandalizing punks. Have I ever told you about my great, 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 great grandfather? Yes, you might have mentioned him. Gareth Thomethian, scourge of the undead. He rode to Gallows Spire with Roslaw himself. They say he smacked old Tarbaphone's jawbone clean off before the tyrant retreated back into that cursed mausoleum of his. Was that before or after Iomade declared her love for him? After. A humored grin escapes Vipira's decidedly glum face. Well, I suppose if it weren't for Garrod, we'd have bigger problems these days. Aye. He helped make the world a better place. Vipira lifts her glass and toast. To Garrod. To Garrod. Jerry raises a previously out-of-sight mug of his own, and the two share a hearty chug. With her third glass finished, Vipira stands up, readjusting her hood. I'm turning in. Gonna get an early start tomorrow cleaning the square again, and maybe I can catch the culprit sneaking around before the town wakes up. Good luck, child. And we finally pull back enough to phase through the window behind the bar, and we see the rustic tavern from the outside, its windows lit up like glowing embers amid the sleepy, snow-stained town. And we come back to the scene of Vipira and Uhtred side by side, peering into the previously hidden space that they had just revealed. What do you find in the hidden space? There are three things. Uh, asterisks. <laughs> Uhtred, I assume you are detecting magic. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, you detect three magical auras, but all three auras are individually coming from one of the objects. There is a breastplate and a rapier and a metal chain with three talismans on it. And the three magical auras are coming from the three talismans. You can give me a spellcraft check if you'd like. A uh, boom. 23. Goodness. All right. Uh, so these are, I know I said they're talismans, but the mechanical term actually is magical talisman. And talisman is kind of a collective group of magic items. There are lesser and greater talismans and... So you got a lesser and a greater version of the same talisman. Uh, a lesser talisman is good for one use, and then it just crumbles into nothing, and it's gone. A greater talisman gives you one use per day of its magical effect. So with a 23, you identify all three of these. One of the talismans uh, has three interlocking spirals carved on it, and it is called a Triskelion talisman. And the activation of these talismans, it's a, usually a very specific situation, and then you do not choose if it activates or not. It just automatically does. So if you're in a situation where you're like, no, I'm not going to use my talisman. Talisman doesn't give a fuck. It's just going to activate. So this talisman, when 
The wearer fails a saving throw against an effect that would cause him to become entangled, paralyzed, or slowed. Uh, he receives a second saving throw. If he succeeds at the second saving throw, the wearer instead, instead of that condition, uh, he gains the benefits of the Longstrider spell for five rounds. The Longstrider spell gives you a plus 10 enhancement bonus to your base speed. So basically, if you fail a save versus an effect that would have you become entangled, paralyzed, or slowed, uh, the talisman activates, you receive a second save, and if you succeed at the second save, you do not become entangled, paralyzed, or slowed, and instead, your movement speed increases by 10 feet. Uh, the other two talismans, they look pretty similar. On the talisman uh, is bared the name of mighty and fearless warriors. Uh, you actually recognize Iomade and Arnesent, and you can make a knowledge history for Arnesent, uh, and symbols of power and martial prowess. And for these two talismans, the first time that the wearer would gain the frightened or panicked condition, he gains the shaken condition instead. Uh, That's so, pretty solid. Yeah, and yeah. so an amulet uh, occupies your neck magic item slot, but you can have up to three talismans affixed to the same chain. So you could, you could like one person could wear these three talismans around his neck and that's your neck slot, or you could divvy these three talismans up between the five of you somehow. Are uh, they all greater talismans? No, they're all lesser talismans. Oh, uh, so they're all one use? Yes, and they're also all one pound. Okay, and I got a 23 on that history check. Uh, you know that Arneson is the leader of, was the leader of the Shining Crusade. He was the, the head holy boy up against Tarbathon. Tarbathon. If, if you're wearing two of a similar talisman and the condition is met, do they both trigger? No, only one would trigger. Okay, dope. That is a good <laughs> yeah. question, though. Because that would question. be a real tricksy thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> Uh, so th the other two items uh, you already saw were a breastplate and a rapier. Anybody who is taking a look at these can give me an appraise check. Uh, that is a 16 for Rogiar. Uchi got a 15. Anybody else? I mean, I did roll, but it's a zero and it's red. So it, Is that with your minus four? <laughs> oh, oh, no, so 12. It's a minus four then, sorry. <laughs> so has got a negative four on his appraise check. I know less than I did after looking at this item. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Rogyar and Uhtred would both recognize the rapier as masterwork, and you both recognize the breastplate as being made of mithril. Oh, oh shit. And Thalias thinks they're both liars. <laughs> <laughs> no, th those things are garbage. <laughs> and uh, both the rapier and the breastplate are emblazoned with a red-winged rapier, the symbol of Erasne. Oh, that's quite the find. Yeah. I wonder who put them here. A good question. Is there an inscription on there? I mean, there's 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 the the wings and the rapier. That isn't that what? Uh, I mean, we just solved a whole puzzle about this stuff. Yeah. But those are the symbols of Erasne. But they must have belonged to someone very special to be buried in Rossler's tomb and hidden, nonetheless. We've seen other depictions of Arasni in this tomb, though. Oh, and uh, there's a note here. It says, to Thalias, <laughs> love, Rosslar. <laughs> um, yeah, is anybody going to uh, yeah. lay claim to any of these items? I would be interested in the rapier. Okay. I mean, I like armor. 
I don't have my armor now, do I? You do not. I'm a. I'm just a regular clothed ass guy. Also, so if no one wants true. the armor. Uh, I'm gonna uh, you know. pick up the the rapier and kind of like you know test it out a little bit. I was just bitching about my daggers got the wrong length to it. So unfortunately, Utrid, I don't think you're proficient in rapiers. Uh, I don't. That's why he's testing I, it. Yeah, out. that's so why I'm testing it. Can be okay. Am I not proficient is, in rapiers? I'll say, is that an archetype thing? I thought Magus I was believe, proficient in martial weapons. I believe Kensai is proficient only in simple weapons and then one single martial or exotic weapon of their choice. And for Utrid, that is the scimitar. Now, is this like a square and rectangle thing where all scimitars are rapiers, but not all rapiers are scimitars? No. No, they're completely different weapons. <laughs> one's a thin pokey and one's a curved beauty. Yeah, one's for slashy, one's for stabby. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, like, okay, just making sure. Just like hyper-specialized sure. in those things. Like, you cannot Yeah, you cannot Actually, stab. one is extremely good at stabby and one is extremely good at slicey. Yeah, and they're both <laughs> horrible at the other thing. Yeah. Uh... I wouldn't mind the talisman. Uh, you wouldn't want the front runner to be running away. I'm not sure Viper is the front runner though. That might be Thelias's job. Yeah, I. But I, I, Father Crow points at Thelias. I thought Thelias was going to be the lead. Uh, I buff out my chest. How my many uh, chest. How many bugs did you kill there, bud? I, I tap my shovel. Don't how you worry about that. How many trapdoors can you handle? I ask uh, Vapira. <laughs> all right, all how, right, children, uh, pipe down, Vapira. You take the talismans, because you're right. You should get something of help while we don't know where we are. And Thelias is going to be up front. The armor's probably going to serve him better anyways. And I reluctantly accept. Testing out this rapier still, Uchra's just going to go, No, this is still not right. Father Crow, would you have any use for this? I'm not too good with a rapier, no. Sorry. Well, I would offer it to Rogyar, but... I'm not sure he knows which end goes into the bad person. Uh, you'd probably be right. I'm still going to hold on to the rapier because I have a sneaker. I should say Uchard has a suspicion that it may be the rapier of, uh, what was the herald's name? Arasni. Yeah, that maybe it's Arasni's actual rapier. Yeah, uh, it could be. You also, any... Any carving that you've seen Roslar wielding a weapon, that has also been a rapier, just FYI. Even more reason I'll bring this with me. Now, while we're trying to figure out what our characters do, can I use a rapier? I don't want to, because I have this badass shovel. Of the five of you, I believe the two that are proficient with rapiers are Thalias and, funnily enough, Vipira. Now, you all have your own preferred weapons, but... This is just a friendly GM reminder that you are in a survival horror-themed adventure, and one of the things with survival horror is your preference is not often going to be the best thing to do. Maybe Instead of not often, maybe I'll just say not always. So as far as like different types of damage reduction, some monsters might only have damage reduction that's beaten by piercing damage or slashing or bludgeoning. It's never a bad idea to just have a backup weapon just for that purpose. Crow wouldn't mind finding a blunt weapon he could use. I mean, if no one wants the rapier or slash no one can use the rapier except Tom, well, how does Vipira feel about it? Would she like it? Yeah, she just doesn't want to carry a lot. So like her goal isn't to like carry around a bunch of things, but 
putting it putting it as like yeah it's just a weapon to have at that point that you know might deal with dr shenanigans um and you can always drop it later yeah. if you're like, fuck this, too heavy. <laughs> if you find something cooler, get that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, she would lay the talisman back down on the table because, uh, you know, she, she's not looking to collect two out of the three items here. Also, just a reminder, it is a masterwork rapier, which would mean that unless one of you has um, weapon focus for your chosen weapon, either claws or uh, improvised weapons your attack bonus is going to be higher for that rapier. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. Are we all agreed that Thalias gets the breastplate? Yeah, I don't but think I, before we get easy. to that point, I just wanted to ask the GM something about the uh, breastplate. I'm wondering if this armor has shown up on Rossler in any of the statues or pictures. Yeah, if you're going to specifically ask me that, I'll, yeah, I won't be coy about it. You've seen Roslar wearing a breastplate and wielding a rapier, both of which, if you really jog your memory, because it's only been a few minutes since the last time you've looked at one, <laughs> uh, they both have that winged rapier symbol on it, which you you do know to be a Razni symbol. So it could still be either of them, but considering that you're all all signs that have pointed to you guys being in some sort of tomb dedicated for Roslar, uh, it's very possible that these belonged to Roslar, perhaps over the centuries of them not being used. Uh, perhaps they once were magical and the magic is just kind of bled out from them and they just remain high quality crafts. I see. Okay. I'm suddenly more interested in this rapier. I didn't realize we found a Roslar cosplay kit. Does anyone else think that this, well, this is obviously a tomb to Rosler and he liked armor and rapiers could that be his i had the same thought myself does I mean, it we didn't find anything in his actual coffin so it's possible they they hid them back here this is mm. relatively common to stop, among uh, tombs to stop thieves from coming in and taking them does this uh, <laughs> exactly does this matter at this point he's dead we're alive i'd like to keep it that way can we move along as quick as possible quick question axel in those carvings, yep. um, the original ones that we saw in the tomb where it depicted each of us. Yes. Was anyone in those pictures wearing a breastplate and was anyone wielding a rapier? Oh. <laughs> no. Because if they were, that will heavily dictate how Uhtred would hand, you know, try and distribute this. That's wicked yeah. smart. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty up with funny. Yeah. <laughs> No, you do not remember seeing a breastplate or a rapier in th those relief carvings. I like where your head went, though, Nick. That was <laughs> the, that was fascinating. That was that was. Cool. I bet yeah. I bet it made Alex's brain <clears throat> freeze up for a second. Nick, why don't you take a hero point for for that thought? Uh, that train of thought. Ooh, nice, nice. First point is that the first one? First yeah. given. I mean, you all have one hero point to start out with, but yeah, now Nick has two. So Father Crow would turn back to Vapira. Well, I admit my curiosity gets the best of me. You have a good point. We we should get the hell out of here. Oh, sorry. Okay, so I look up uh, prayer to Iomade. So really quick for so who has the rapier, Thalias? Yep. Uh, right. As we've been talking, Thalias has been increasingly, um, you know, he's donning the the breastplate there. And then we're talking about how it's Roslar's rapier and. 
this and that and how no one can use it. I'm like, what? what? Okay, well, right. Rose Slayer is also I, a paladin. I mean, I wouldn't mind taking the rapier. Um, Thalias. Yes? I mean, you have that, uh, you have that shovel of yours. While I'm rather handy with my hands, uh, I don't know how many more of these creepy crawlies I want under my fingernails. Ah, okay. You think you can handle this bad boy? Now I've taken affection to it. He slaps the hood of it. (laughs) (laughs) You can fit so many insect carcasses on this bad boy. (laughs) I I hand it over to you, and I say, let's see what you can do with it. Yeah, I... uh, I start dabbling in uh in, in thrusting, just seeing uh what I got, and then I do uh like a the breastplate's mine though. Yeah. So speaking of breastplates, and hold on, real quick, uh, just FYI, uh, Tom, the rapier is one d six damage, the crit threat range is eighteen to twenty, and uh, it weighs two pounds. And as even though it's a one handed weapon, it is technically finessable, so you're still using your dex. Nice. Board. I think I'm at um, my limit for how much I could carry. Uh, is it a 24 or is it a 20? I got me, I got eight. I have you holding 20.5 pounds, and your light load max is at 26. Okay. All right. We still got 5.5 pounds. Thalias, if you don this breastplate, which, by the way, will take uh, about four minutes to put on, and also just FYI, uh, since uh, you can normally only sleep in light armor, if you sleep in medium or heavy armor, then you're fatigued the next day. So when, Isn't if, this when mithril, you... though? Isn't it considered light? Yes, actually. So good yeah. point, Tom. So for, for all points except for proficiency, the breastplate is treated as a light set of armor so you actually can technically sleep in the breastplate very i love uh, this thing i'm sleeping in it yeah uh so it's a breastplate and so that's another plus six to your armor so congratulations oh um your armor check penalty uh which gives you a penalty on any strength or dex based skill check is a minus two improved from a minus four since it's mithril so it's only minus two and a normal breastplate weighs 30 pounds, but since it's mithril, it's only 15 pounds. Friggin' sweet. Uh, so yeah, it takes four minutes to don, or if he has, if he has, uh, if anybody wants to help Thalias. I'll give him a uh, hand. Okay. Yeah, I've been uh, putting it on this whole time. Anything to protect the person in front of me and get us out of here faster. So yes, I will help. Does anybody want the talisman at that point? So like... Vipira, uh, Vipira kind of like lays down the talisman. Uh, and if you lay like, it down, Uhtred's gonna pick it up and put it on. Very well, that's fine. Especially, yeah, I, I, I think Uhtred should have those. I'll just get the next secret, secret treasure hoard. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so clap hit, Father Crow on the back. It's okay. A little inside, like let's just get out of here, and I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> I accept. Definitely, as we start to walk at, away from here, Uhtred. Feels almost trying to think what the right word is ashamed or disappointed that if this is Rossler's actual gear, that his two most famous items probably of his armor and weapon 
are being used and wheeled by the town's gravedigger and vigilante. At least the gravedigger is a paladin, so... Yeah, but technically Uhtred doesn't know that, so right now he just oh. thinks, like, you know, as a military just... man, I feel like Uhtred kind of has a lot of respect for Rossler and his legacy, and to see right. his, like, presumably his items being worn by the uh, the child vigilante and a gravedigger seems almost disrespectful to some degree. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So it takes about two minutes... Worth lies to get his breastplate on with somebody else helping him. Uh, in the meantime, I'd like a perception check from everybody. Uh, 18. 10 for Vipira. Crow got a 2. Thelias with the 8. Uh, 7 for Uhtred. Okay, once again, Rogiar being the uh, the squirreliest of the, of the PCs wanting to get the fuck out of this tomb uh, <laughs> seems to be the only one alert enough to notice this. This would be happening while Thalias is putting on his breastplate. Rogiar, you see, uh, you see the door to the uh, the northeast uh, crack open ever so slightly, and you think you see uh, a mite kind of peek his head out from the door and then close it again. Aye, we've still got company, boys and lass. With the uh, breastplate half above my head, obscuring my vision. Where? Stop fidgeting, lad. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I kind of continue helping him get the breastplate on, but I, I point to the door in the northeast corner of the room. I think I just saw one of those uh, those ugly bastards, the mites. He stuck his head out of there. We should uh, eh, we should go clear them out so they don't cause us any nuisance later. I see you're a hero now, Rogiar. Oh, don't start. Well, after you, go clear your mites out. <laughs> You think I'm going first? Go ahead, Elias. <laughs> With my shovel ready, I move closer. I uh, yes. I start strutting in there. Carefully. So who's opening the door? Oh, I am. 100%. All right, so Vipera opens the door, and the shelves along the walls of this room are crammed with ornamental weapons, tapestries, and trophies. Most have been torn or broken, and several lie smashed on the floor. The room's only exit is the one you are currently using. And you see three mites. One mite looks uh, slightly different than the others. He's got a little uh, crown on his head, and he just looks like he's carrying himself with a bit more authority than the others. And the, th uh, the three mites screech at the intruders, and everybody roll initiative. Thalias. 13. Okay. Rogiar. Uh, 17. What's your modifier? Uh, plus two. Okay. Uhtred. Eight. Father Crow. Eight. With a three modifier. Vipir is 21, by the way. Oh, did I? I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> okay, so it's a combat. Vipira, you're up first. Vipira opens up the door, sees the first mite uh, right in front of her, and uh, she's going to stab. Okay. And since they are flat-footed, I get my sneak attack. That is correct. You got to hit them first. 19 to hit. Uh, yeah, that hits. Uh, four damage, and then two sneak attack. Okay. Uh, that mite is taken out. Sweet. Vipira still has a move action if she wants to make it. She's going to move inside the doorway and just take the five-foot step, uh, but she's just going to 
hang there and allow everybody else to kind of like come on in. Alrighty. Up next is Rogyar. Okay. If I stand right where Vipero was, do I have line of sight on the might with the crown? Yes. Then that is what Rogyar is going to do. He's going to step up to the now open door and take a blast at yeah the the mite who looks like he's in charge okay that's a 22 to hit that'll hit and that is eight damage okay it is now the the mite's turn the mook mite as it were and he is going to take a five foot step up to vipera and he's gonna take a a stab with his dagger actually he's gonna hang back and he's going to use his uh He's, go- he's going to throw a dart at Vipera. Takes out a little dart and he just flings it at Vipera. And that's going to be a 16 to hit. Or, sorry, 17 to hit. Oh, yeah. It hits. Okay. Then you take two damage. Ooh. And it is now Thalias' turn. All right. I psych myself up a little bit right outside the door. And I go barreling in. Here I come. I'm just going to attack the first thing I see. Uh, okay. That's an enemy, not a player character. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for or, uh, <laughs> specifying that. Yep, no problem. All right, you uh, you step up to the the mite that just threw a dart at Vipira. Twenty damage. What? What? That's a lot of damage. damage. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty will hit, us, guys. <laughs> and hit. you ready for this? My first double digit, baby. Ten. Oh man. Yeah. Boom. You turn that mite into a mess on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> now we got Father Crow. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I'm going to hang out outside. Oh, man. I wanted All you right. to go here. Because then... Why? Because then it was going to be a conga line. I was going to tell Matt to edit in that conga line music. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to form up with the rest of Voltron and form the conga line to Uhtred's request. Perfect. That is, that the is music. prime survival horror uh, material right there. <laughs> it's the, We're doing it, guys. It's the power I.I. lineup. All right, Uhtred. Don't break formation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, seeing as uh, we're in conga line formation, Uhtred will uh, hold his action. Yeah, I can't get there. Can I? You can. Ah, I guess I did it wrong. That's 20 you were doing an L shape rather than using the diagonal. Fuck the conga line. I ain't here to dance. I'm here to party. Trade. Yeah, you heard me. No dancing, just party. And I will try and hit this. This I'll try and hit the Ucho. Try and plunge his dagger into King Might. Okay. Yeah, it's not gonna do it. Uh, a six to hit. Six does not hit. This godforsaken dagger. and it's now king might's turn and he ducks under utrid's dagger but utrid you see him like looking past you with like this scowl of hatred and he takes a five foot step northwest and he he just shouts gruff gruff get your gruff and he's got and he's going to make a concentration check to cast a spell defensively. 17 on the die is going to do it. And his hand glows this sickening green and he hurls a glob of acid at Rogyar. 
What a bastard. Ooh, and then an 18 on the die, I think, is going to do it. Uh, Yeah, I would say so. Okay. Rogiar takes three points of acid damage. Ow. All right, and then that is now back to Vipira's turn. Vipira is going to five-foot step diagonally, and she is going to use... Uh, she's going to use that rapier. Okay. And uh, uh, simultaneously, she's going to look like... Uh, she's gonna like thrust with it simultaneously look at Uhtred like you're bringing shame upon yourself kind of like stare at uh, stare off at at him oof seven's not gonna hit nope you can redeem yourself with a claw attack on a minus five penalty though (laughs) oh buddy that's big gotta watch out for that offhand uh uh, natural 20 uh, uh, do you want to read the card? Well, well did what's you your confirmation it? roll? Crit confirm. Oh, oh, the com- uh, the confirmation is 18. at a minus five. Oh, at a minus five. Uh, thirteen. Thirteen does not confirm. Matt, put that crit card away. So now you're gonna. So as a secondary attack, in addition to a minus five to hit, you're also attacking with half your strength. And with our house rule for decks. Uh, with a weapon finesse. Or do you have weapon finesse, Vipira? Yes, she does. Okay, so our house rule for weapon finesse is if the weapon is finessable, then you can just choose to use your dexterity on your attack rolls with that weapon. You can then take the weapon finesse feat, and for damage on those weapons, you're dealing your strength modifier plus half your dex modifier. Now... In cases of an offhand weapon or a secondary natural attack that make you deal half your strength damage, anytime that happens, the dex is also getting halved again. So with damage, you're doing half your dex and a qu- or half your strength and a quarter of your dex. Uh, rounded down, you're likely not uh, applying any dex to your damage, but that's uh, how the mechanics shake out. Okay, so. It's just... It's basically going to be just the die roll. He max rolled his club, and it's four damage. Yeah, four damage. So four damage. Barple takes two damage. Who does? What's, what's the name? Uh, what? It sounded like you called him what? Sparkle. <laughs> or Garble. I his, heard Barple. His name is Barple. <laughs> his name That's is Barple. Barple. Ah. Oh. <laughs> my this, favorite color. This poor bastard has a name? We're killing named mites right now? Maybe. <laughs> Everything has a name. They all have families. Yeah, we just don't bother to learn <laughs> them. Hopes, dreams. Hopes and dreams. <laughs> things to look up to. Admirations. Plans for their future. Well, did. <laughs> well, Barple, Barple's still, uh, he's still dreaming. Uh, Rogiar, it's your turn. All right. Uh, Rogiar is going to shoot another blast at Barple. Okay, he's going to have a cover bonus. Yep, and that is a nine for shooting into melee, so that's not going to hit. And then uh, after that acid damage, uh, Rogiar is going to five foot step back to get, uh, you know, put a wall between himself and the acid throwing might. Ah, uh, okay. And that is Rogiar's turn. Okay. Uh, it is now Thalias's turn. Yeah, let's finish what I started. Take a five foot stepper and do a shovel. Ooh, 13. 13 will hit. Ooh, six damage. Wait a minute. 13 hits? 
13 did not confirm on... Oh, wait a on, minute. Uh, Sorry. No, 13 does not hit. Oh. Sorry, Joe. I swing wildly with my shovel and uh, <laughs> look like a fool. And now it's Father Crow's turn. Crow is going to enter the room, okay. walk around the group to get to here. So he can take a swing with his short sword at the might. Because I forgot its name. That's how much I care about it. Okay. Barple. <laughs> Barple. It's just a fun name. His name was John Barple. Uh, <laughs> 20 on the attack. 20 will hit. Two damage. Okay. You don't feel any of that damage uh, really connect, though. His uh, carapace is too thick. <laughs> and it is now Uhtred's turn. Uhtred will take a five-foot step to the northeast, so he ends up above Father Crow and flanking with uh, Thalias. Now that Uhtred's in a flanking position with the Gravekeeper, he will try another dagger. But out of frustration, this time he's been kind of like holding the knife so as if you were looking at it, it would be sticking straight up above his closed fist around it. He's going to flip it around so that the pointed end is down, and he's going to make more of an overhand motion coming down than the standard thrusting he's been attempting. It's an ice pick. All right, cool. Yeah. You know, as a military man, they have to learn to adapt and overcome. Sure. Feel my blade. And that's going to be an eight to hit. I will not hit. Okay. Uh, Barple is going to attempt to acrobatics out of his position. And that's an 18 versus everybody's CMD. That beats mine. Beats mine. Beats mine. Yep, yep, beats mine. All right. He's going to move here and then here. He's going to go south and then southwest. Uh, with his movement speed halved with the with that acrobatics move, uh, that's as far as he can get. And I don't think he's got line of sight to Rogar from there. Not unless he's like that movie Assassin and can bend bullets. <laughs> yeah, around doors. Nah. So he's going to... Uh, He's going to take out his sickle uh, while he moves. And uh, at the end of his move, he's going to turn around. He's going to take a slice at Vipira. And that's going to be an eight to hit Vipira. Does not hit Vipira. All right. On his, on his way south, he just keeps shouting, Gruff! Gruff! It's a gruff! And he seems very upset. And uh, he, he almost seems... Uh, single-minded in uh, his uh, effort to chase Rogyar out of the room. I don't think they like dwarves. Uh, Vipira, you're up. The feeling's uh, mutual. Rape. <laughs> you don't like dwarves either? <laughs> it's uh, complicated. Rapier. Okay. Ooh, six does not hit. It does not. I'm going to go with a claw. Okay. Eleven to hit. 11 is not hit. Oof. Ooh, someone's got to get off their high horse and walk on the ground with us mere mortals. All right. So, Rogar's turn. Um, so, Rogar is going to continue to back away from this single-minded jackass of a mite and uh, shoot another air blast back at the thing. All right. Ugh. And that's a nine to hit. Man, that firing into melee thing is the pits. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> and yeah, R R R Rogar is just like backing away, shooting a blast at this thing. Like, leave me the f 
fuck alone! Like, running away, and he just shoots it blindly behind him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the mice just, Gruff, 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 Gruff! And it is Uhtred's turn. Sorry, it is Thalias' turn. All right, sweet. So I'm going to try and reason with this mite, and I'm going to do so by attacking him with my shovel. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shovel diplomacy. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I got a 13, which I hear is not enough, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, 13 doesn't hit. This this wily well, I tried bastard. reasoning with him. Now it's time to resort to violence. Uh, this wily bastard is just dodging, dipping, ducking, and diving underneath all, everybody's attacks. And it is now Father Crow's turn. All right. Crow will take a five-foot step south, get back into melee range with the might, step in, and go for a thrust. Uh, is that considered flanking with Elias there? No. Okay. It has to be directly across. Yes. Yeah, to flank with Elias, he would have to be on that <laughs> a one. A five to hit. Oh, five doesn't hit. Barpel continues to live. Past. And Uhtred. Um, a diagonal is ten feet, right? The, the first second is diagonal okay. is ten feet. Then I will five foot step here. And let's try that dagger again. Nope. Got an eight. The, the oh whipping train God. chugs on, <laughs> and we're back to Barple. He's just too small. I can't. I can't get that. Barple the untouchable. He takes a Barple the untouchable. The unbarpable. He takes a five foot step out of the room, into the chamber with Rogyar, and he's gonna throw another acid dart at him. <laughs> this whole combat's gonna be Rogier running away and all of us yep. chasing after this mite, <laughs> unable to kill him. Just hope Rogier doesn't die. Pretty much. That's a twenty-two versus Rogier. Yeah, it's a twenty-two versus Rogier's touch AC. Uh, yeah, yeah, just a, just a, just a smidge over. Okay, and Rogier takes another five points of acid damage. Five? Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. I hope you're thirsty. Oh wait, you already drank yours. Oh no. I know. <laughs> And Barple shouts uh, in triumph as uh, he sees his magic burning into Rogyar. Oh, ho, 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 ho. And we are back to Vipira. Uh, Vipira's not happy right now. She's going to take a five-foot step, and she's going to go with that rapier again. Okay. My God. Yikes. Uh, 11 to hit. That's not going to hit. All right. Claws, here we go, please. Oh, that, oh my God. That... <laughs> it had to give you a 13, and then it was like, oh, and also you got a minus five still. <laughs> that's, that's that's bad beats right there. Dude, yep. that 13 is fucking brutal. <laughs> it's <haunting. laughs> it brutal. Not, uh, eight doesn't hit. Eight does not hit. Oh, Rogiar. Fuck. Oh, jeez. All right. Do you afraid, dwarf? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, first things first. Uh, let's uh, take another blast at this thing. God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. Ugh. That's an eight to hit. Eight's not going to do it. And uh, Rogyar is going to uh, just run and like dive into the room with those four busts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe go okay. one more square over. I only have 20 feet of movement, buddy. <laughs> You short little fuck. Those little dwarf legs are pumping <laughs> as hard as they can. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Thelias. 
All right, yeah. Some more uh some more of that. 19. Ooh. Let's Ayo, go. 19 will hit. Yeah, for 7 damage. And I will describe my kill. 7 damage. Hold on a second. No, he's still up. Oh my god. Really? That DR2 has kept him going in this fight way longer than I would have ever expected. Yeah, this guy's a monster. No wonder he's named. <laughs> he truly is unbarpable. That's, that's the name for it. Okay, then uh, we got Father Crow up next. Can I get hands on this thing? You acrobatic. Uh, you're gonna it's have very to, clustered by the door. Yeah, you're going to have to acrob... Um, no, you can actually... It'll provoke... But you can five, uh, or you can step into this square just outside the door. Oh, I'm not. I'm not about that provoke life. Okay. Uh, what about this spot next to Thalias? Yeah, you can go there, but you won't be able to hit him. Couldn't he go to this square and acrobatics to try and avoid the attack of opportunity? Yeah, Father Crow could try to tumble his way into that square. Yeah, Father Crow is gonna wait. Okay. Uh, so are you just going to delay your turn? Yes, I will. Very uh, good. Could I offer maybe a suggestion, Andrew? Maybe hold an action that once the, like everyone moves up, you then move to like, you know, like this square, this square. That way you don't Well, I'm just going to I'm going to hold my action so I can see how people move and how the battlefield plays out. Yeah, so basically Andrew is delaying Father Crow's turn and so I, at the end of every person's turn, Andrew will have the opportunity to say, okay, Father Crow is going to go now. Okay. That'll be his new spot on in the initiative and he'll have his full turn. He just can't interrupt anything. So it is now Uhtred's turn. Uh, Uhtred's going to attempt to acrobatics his way to the square west of the named might. Okay. I guess I kind of moved before I rolled, so. Yes, you did. Oh, six. I don't think it's going to do it. <laughs> I guess I'll go back no. over there. Yeah, you can. So that was your move action. You can use your standard action to try it again. Uh, Although that that did provoke. So hold on. Let me take care of that. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's a 23 versus your AC. Oh, yep. Glad I didn't go. God, we can't roll higher than like an 8. And this thing's rolling like an 18 <laughs> every fucking time. Just about. <laughs> Uchard, you take five damage from his sickle. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Um, Rogar, it was nice knowing you. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, if Father Crow is still delaying, it is now Barple's turn. Can I go? Yeah. I am going to go. Okay. I am going to move because I'm assuming he won't provoke. You're assuming he doesn't have combat here. reflexes. You used me. That's the... I'm okay. With that. <laughs> yes. Well, I've got I've got bad news for you. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Can you imagine if this guy was just outfitted to just at every turn? He's, just, <laughs> he's got dr two. He's got combat reflexes. He's got point blank shot. He hates dwarves. He's a fully loaded NPC. You can fit five dead PCs in this bad boy. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Right. Anyway, back to the survival horror. I'm going <laughs> to swing at this ferocious creature. Uh, it'll be a another stab with a short sword. 16 to hit. 16 will hit. Four damage. That four damage will finish oh. off Barple. Father Crow, do you want to describe your kill? Absolutely. Uh, Father Crow steps in, 
noticing that its eyes are still locked looking for the dwarf. I'm gonna come up to the side, just jam my short sword down into the side where his shoulder and his neck meet. You just crunch it in there and just use my foot to leverage him off of my sword again. And Barple, the dwarf destroyer, falls to the ground. (laughs) Dwarf destroyer? (laughs) Man, that was a way hairier combat than (laughs) it it initially looked. How's everybody doing after that? Everybody, most most of you took some damage, if not a lot. I'm at half health. I am below half health now. Man, all right. So let me. There, there is. Un, uh, fortunately for you guys, there is some treasure in this room. So it looks like Barple and his fellow mice had been uh, looting this room for any valuables that they could find. And you see a small pile uh, collected in a corner, and there is. Silver, ivory, and gold leaf worth a total of 260 gold. Uh, And you also see a very nice-looking leather bandolier worth 40 gold rolled around four magical potions. Father Crow starts licking his lips. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone going to try to identify? Oh, and so it turns out that if uh, identifying... The properties of a potion by taste is actually a perception check, not a spellcraft check. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I rolled what? a 24 it's on spellcraft. weird, right? Because apparently okay. if so it's Uhtred... not my dagger, I can roll well. Utrid, <laughs> <laughs> you recognize these as four potions of cure moderate wounds. Whoa. Wow. Do I have to immediately drink this now? I am. I feel well, like I have I'm to. Allowed. So many things have hit for five or more so far. <laughs> um, can they grab a couple straws and share it to have Ooh. half the benefit? Can we each get one D8 plus one? No. <laughs> Are there any cure light wounds remaining? I uh, believe Vipira still has hers. I still have mine, yep. You want to uh, okay. maybe swap that and give that to Uhtred and you take the moderate so I don't... That moderate's going to overheal me by way too much. Because uh, it's 2d8 sure. plus 3. Yeah. And the other one's 1d8 one plus 1. Plus 1. one. Yeah. yeah uh, Vipera hands off uh, the uh, Cure Light to Uhtred. From across the room and in the other room where the four busts are, Rogar's like, after it's quiet for a couple of minutes, Rogar sticks his head out and be like, is it dead? Can I come out now? Rogar, give me a perception check while you're in there. Uh, of course. Uh, ten. Uh, you notice that the wig is once again sitting on top of the bust of Roslar. As I walk out of the room, I knock it off again. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, Uhtred drank his potion. Did anybody else do anything of note? I'm. I was gonna take. I was gonna drink one of those cure moderate potions unless someone wants to stop me. Does that might have anything on him? Barple actually had a heavy wooden shield, which for a medium creature would function as a light wooden shield. A shield, you say? (laughs) He also had a small-sized sickle. He had a sling, a sprig of holly. Uh, His little crown is made of insect shells. He had a crown. Oh, yeah. A a crown made of insects. And he has eight white stones painted red on one side. What? He has eight white stones, and the stones are painted red on one side. 
detect magic? Detect why does he have eight stones that are half painted? Uh, Uhtred, you didn't detect any magic from these stones. You didn't detect magic in this room besides the potions. I'm into these stones. I, I perceive them. Tell me tell me these stones. Um, why don't you give me a knowledge dungeoneering check? While he does that, is a, what's a sickle classified as mechanically? It's a simple weapon, but it's a small-sized sickle, so it's not sized for you, and you would still be taking a uh, penalty on it. Oh, there is one more thing in this room, if someone wants to find it with a perception check. I'll Ooh. try, but I'm not going yes. to find it. Uh, 13. Oh, 14 after the minus. What a bummer. 14 after the minus. Father Crow and Vipira, you each, uh, uh, maybe at the same time, would spot among the shelves in this room a very nice-looking light mace. Ooh. Can I use that? <laughs> um, yeah, light maces are simple weapons, so anybody here would be proficient in it. And I will also tell you that it is masterwork. I, I look over at Vipira. Do you mind if I... Oh, no. Check that Feel out. free. Yeah, I, I, I would like some uh, other people who can uh, be at the front lines. This this might be more useful for me here. Maybe. I don't know. Let's see. Thanks. Um, and then Rogyar, you said you drank a potion of Cure Moderate? Uh, unless someone wants to stop me. Nope. You look injured. Nah, you should do it. Thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's arguing. After the shame of how much we missed and that might just chasing after you, yeah, I don't think any of you. Uh, I don't think any of us are against you drinking that. All right, so that that tops me right the hell off. It heals All me right. for fourteen, which is more than my max. Okay, any other potion drinking? No, that would just be irresponsible. So, how many unaccounted for cure moderate wounds are there? I think there's Two? three. There was because you you found four. You had one cure light. Yep. Remaining. Uchir drank the cure and light. That, Rogiar drank one yeah. cure moderate. Yeah, so we and have... And that other cure moderate is no, now drink, Vipira. No. So. so Vipira has a cure moderate, and we have two that are currently, yeah. like, un- unassigned. Yeah. Crow will grab one of those. Nobody stops him. Thelias should have one, being big and holy. <laughs> uh, so, Uchir, I see you got a total of five with your knowledge dungeoneering check. That's, uh, wait. I rolled the wrong thing. Yeah, 23. Uh, so a 21 with your minus 2. Right. Uh, and this is for those stones? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's helping a brother out, because I got a 4 minus 4 is 0. <laughs> you, th- you think they might just be... They might have been some form of currency that mites use, or maybe they were a, a symbol of this mites station as the leader but as far as you can tell there's no real use for any of you maybe if you come across more mites they could come in handy but how heavy are they i want them they're they're negligible weight they were they were light enough for a mite to carry around so they're they're just like tiny skipping stones as as far as size goes awesome i'm keeping those all right fight me for him (laughs) joe you would pick up a bunch of pocket rocks yeah dude that's awesome (laughs) i love it i can't wait to be king might with eight eight (laughs) half painted stones i'm a freaking king so thalias has a light wooden shield now hell yeah he does that's like uh what thalias what do you have like an, an ac of 18 now something like that god damn all right uh what do you guys do now 
I see there's one room that we haven't looked in yet. Uh, and Vipira did a great job opening that previous door. Oh, you're opening every so I'm door gonna... from now on. There's two, there's two doors you haven't been in. There's one. Oh, on there the is south, two doors. The southwest side of this chamber and the northwest side of this chamber. Okay. Hey, uh, Vipira. Yeah. You want to keep opening doors? Get out of here? What do yes. you say? Me and you. Yes, please. You open it, I tank it. Well, then you should uh, open the door. I open it, you stab it. All right, even better. Let's do it. All right, gang, come on. Huzzah. Everyone together. What door do you open? I'm thinking this one. But I've also been wrong before, so... Let's do the bottom I'm one, I'm going to position here until someone tells me that it's a bad idea. So Thelias is standing in front of the northwest door, and nobody's telling him to not... I don't care what door he opens as long as he's the one going in first. Okay, you open the door. Murals around this room depict several weapons, including many different rapiers and several lances. Each weapon depicted has a plaque next to it. A door stands in the south wall where you came from, and stairs occupy an alcove to the west. Stairs! There's 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 also a creature in this room. Oh no. Hopefully it's one of my loyal might subjects. You see a creature that you may recognize from earlier in this uh, crypt. You all recognize a living Celadon. The dead creature that the uh, the dead uh, like statue looking creature that was in that first large chamber. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the Celadon turns to you and it while it is clearly made of stone it is moving uh like fluidly as if it uh the stone is not uh it's 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 not like a, a rigid statue it like whips around quick to look at the door being opened if i don't move will it see me it's not a t-rex <laughs> it's a servant of a god but it can only see movement i i don't know about that and it shouts no intruders and it draws a short sword and gets ready to attack. Everyone roll initiative. Oh, we're not intruders. Oh, no. Can I take a free action? Okay. Uchard's going to say, not intruders, merely new members of the Red Shrike. Give me a diplomacy check. Yeah, diplomatize this fucking statue, dude. Excellent thinking. <sighs> Can I intimidate? No. Damn. Nine? All right, wanted everybody uh, thought uh, Uchard, why don't you give me your initiative? Damn. 20. Okay. Vipira. 15. Rogiar. 13. Thalias. Four, but it's because I opened the door, so I'm tired. You guys go ahead. Of course. <laughs> Father Crow. 18. Up first is Uchard. Uchard, you do not get the feeling that your words have had any effect on the Celadon's behavior. It... It, it appears to be almost panicking. Uh, like, its eyes are bulging. It, it Its words were, were shouted in, like, a shrill uh, shriek. And it's got its sword, like, almost, like, shaking with, with nerves. And it just seems really uh, disturbed. Uh, it does not appear that uh, you uh, calmed it in any way. Okay. So, Uhtred knows that a Celadon is like a conjured servant of a god. Would it yes. be a reasonable assumption to think that a Celadon would speak celestial? You do not know 
the languages that a Celadon speaks. It ha- it spoke just now in the common tongue. Right. And depending on what god the Celadon serves, it might also speak celestial, but uh, there are Celadons of many different deities of many different alignments. And so, like, there could be one that speaks abyssal or infernal, etc. And All right, uh, well, then but, let me ask this. So... Rosler, the god that he worshipped. Arasni. Right. Would I know if he or she would speak Celestial? Uh, you know that Arasni was a lawful good deity. So Celestial. That's like aimed like the good gods, right? Speak that? Generally, there's not really a, a hard uh, a hard line okay. of what... Alright, then I'm just gonna uh, go for it. Okay. So Uhtred's gonna move up in between Vipira and Thalias into the actual room with the Celadon, but stay back a little bit. And okay. as he's moving in, at the same time, he's going to sheath his dagger, and in Celestial, he's going to say, Truly, we mean no harm. We are not intruders. We are merely lost. Would you like me to roll another diplomacy? Roll diplomacy minus five, since this is your second attempt and they normally require, like, a full minute of dialogue. Uh, so that ended up being a seven. You don't get the feeling that you have accomplished your goal. Do you do anything with your standard action? <laughs> yeah, seeing her reaction, I re- redraw my dagger. I swear we mean no harm. Oh, you didn't like that? <laughs> dagger back out. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Now we mean harm. Okay, uh, Father Crow. Father Crow is going to enter the room okay. that the, that uh, Uhtred just walked into. He's going to head all the way to the northern wall opposite the door. And he's I'm just going to wait. I want to see how this is playing out, too. Are you going to hold an action? Ready in action? Yes. Uh, if the Celadon approaches me with violent intent, I'm a smack a hoe. All right. And it's now Vipira's turn. Vipira's going to... She's going to try Intimidate now. Uh, she clearly sees this thing, like, shaken. Uh, she's going to say, Look, there's a bunch of dead mites in the other room. There's a bunch of dead bugs in the other room. There's a whole slew of dead things in these hallways that we have killed. Can we just pass with no issue? There's no intrusion, but I will kill you if I have to. Okay, uh, give me an Intimidate check. Minus four. Oof. Minus four, that's uh, seven. The Celadon uh, gets a tighter grip on its short sword, and it says, I will not allow you to desecrate the halls of Roslar's tomb any longer. Ah, uh, fuck it. I tried, and I'm going to attack. Okay. I'm going to try to poke it with the rapier. Okay. Ten... To flat-footed, ten will beat its flat-footed AC. Nice. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I, I no, wasn't kidding. you. I was, <laughs> what an I was absolute tease. Mistaken. Uh, yeah, uh, ten will not beat its flat-footed AC. I oh. apologize. All right, up next is Rogiar. All right, I guess Rogiar is going to uh, walk into the room past Thalias to uh, get behind Vipera, and he will. Uh, shoot a blast at the Celadon. This thing is in the way, and if it's just going to panic, we can... I just want to put this thing down and get out of this freaking tomb. So, sure. 
fastest way to accomplish that is not to roll a two to hit. So, yeah, that's my turn. Alrighty, and it is now the Celadon's turn. And eyes eyes wide, it takes a a, a panicky slash at Vipira with its short sword. That is a twelve to hit. Does not hit. Okay, Thalias. All right, the hero of the piece, Thalias, is now going to enter the room, doing a wicked tumble Whoa. behind the statue. Are you going to acrobatics to avoid any attacks of opportunity? That's what he said. Yeah, that was the tumble part. Okay. I guess I should roll it, though. One sec. Ooh, <laughs> it's a negative. I hope I don't look stupid doing this. Oh, nat 20, 18. <laughs> nat 20, 18. You're able to tumble right past the Celadon and get behind it. All right, and I'm going to turn this thing into a Venus de Milo type with my shovel. <laughs> 20, not natural. That'll hit. Six damage. I strike in the name of Shaylin, and uh, yeah, badass. Everyone can clap if they want as a free action. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Thelias, just anime move, disappears, reappears behind the Celadon, and winds up and smacks it with a shovel and the celadon like doubles over and it holds its arm up uh above its head kind of back towards the lias and it says ah no please all right i yield i surrender i say uh nothing personal kid it is now utrid's turn if we are still in combat no uh utrid was not trying to fight this thing to begin with and he'll say um where are we? I wasn't lying when I told you we were lost. It says, "Okay, okay, please, just, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you whatever you, you want to know. Just don't, just, don't destroy me." I'll sheath my dagger again. The Celadon uh, straightens back up, and you're, you're seeing that in addition to Thalias's, uh shovel attack, uh, this thing looks like it's already kind of taken a beating, uh, perhaps from the mites in the other room. And it's just kind of like, it's holding, it's holding on by a thread right now. And it says, you're, you're in the tomb of the, the hero of the Shining Crusade, Roslar, Irvin Roslar. Yes, we, we gathered as much, but where is that located? Knowing full well that Roslar Coffer was built, you know, it's like underneath that, the town. The, the Celadon says, uh, we, we... We need not know the location of Roslar's tomb, only only to patrol and maintain its interior. All right, then. Who bestowed upon this mission to you? Uh, we were sent by Psychopomp Order, of course, to maintain his tomb, as is, as is the proceedings for many great tombs such as this. Uh, anybody who wants to can give me a knowledge planes check. Uh, I'm going to acknowledge Gravekeeper because I know a lot about tombs and is this a great tomb? Do you? <laughs> sure. I got a 14. Crow got a negative one. Yikes. Uh, Thalias, as far as tombs go, this is this is easily the, the biggest, most expansive tomb you've ever been inside of. And it seems very nicely decorated. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Uh, Uhtred. With a 14, you know that psychopomps are a race of outsiders, such as angels or devils or demons. Uh, but psychopomps' purview is that over the dead. They they mostly they serve Phrasma, the goddess of death, and psychopomps' role in the cosmos is to 
uh, ensure that the cycle of life and death continues in its eternal and uh, okay. in its eternal spiral. They they maintain the uh, balance. Yes. So to hear that the Celadon was ordered here by Psychopomps would make sense to you. What are all of these horrors doing in this tomb? I don't We've know. Got countless beasts. They just they they burrowed their way in here. Uh, I I don't know what they want. I don't know why they're here, but they just ar- arrived and they 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 do not wish any of us well, and they would see all of us destroyed. That is a frightening thought. How long have you been here? I have been here for eons, for uh, and for eons is how long I will remain. Maintaining this tomb is my purpose, and I shall do so until it crumbles away into oblivion. That seems closer than than not. Well, if if this tomb can be rid of its invaders, my kin and I will be able to repair the damages done and br- bring it back to its former glory. On that note, actually, we would love for these particular intruders to be gone, so could you point us to the exit? Uh, well, uh, you want to go up those stairs, and that will bring you into uh, the Grand Hall, and the exit is... Uh, just beyond there. But uh, b- please be careful if you go up those stairs. There's another horrible creature that had me trapped in this room between those vicious little blue creatures and whatever monstrosity it was up the stairs. <sighs> of course there is. What did it look like? I didn't get a good look at it. It, it had it had numerous legs and it, uh, it bit at Ooh. me with, with sharp mandibles. And I barely escaped with my life. I think we've come across something similar before. Father Crow's face is visibly carrying much worry. He grips the mace tightly. The Celadon shudders in agreement. Rogier's face is very much furrowed with concern as well. It's the only way out. I look at Thelias. Hmm. Yes. Lead the way, (laughs) Meat Tank. (laughs) My bravery knows no bounds, except for these stairs with the monster at the top. What do you guys do? If the way out is up, then that's that's where we need to go. Yeah. I have to agree. I, I wish you luck uh, in exiting, and uh, I suppose uh, in exchange for sparing my life, I if if you're able to vanquish the monster up the stairs, do call for me, and I will uh, escort you to the exit. Uh, I, I don't know where uh, the rest of my kin are, but... Uh, I, I can see that y- you do not mean to defile this crypt, and uh, explaining to them uh, might be as, uh, well, difficult as it, as it was for me. I, I was in bad shape myself. Uh, I, I will escort you and explain to them the situation. Perhaps I can help avoid further bloodshed. Oh, that would be nice. Thank you. What shall we call you when we feel like we've cleared the room? Uh, I am known only as three. Okay, three. Thank you. All right. I'm feeling brave again. Let's go. Okay. I hustle up the stairs. I tentatively follow behind. Father Crow makes a point to be the last out of the room. And because when he walks by the Celadon, he's actually going to say a little excerpt from a prayer of Arasni. Oh, okay. And just say, trust only the worthy. The Celadon uh, looks... Looks a bit uh, surprised for a second, and then impressed, and then it smiles at you, 
and says, hold the line. I'm glad we didn't have to kill you. And then I leave the room. Uh, okay, so you guys go up the stairs. And Thalias opens the door. And this room has a single bench against the eastern wall. Several plates of gleaming metal hang from wires in the ceiling, like barding in the shape of a fearsome metal bull. The plates twist like wind chimes, creating a dull clanking. Stairs lead steeply downward to the west, and a single door stands in the southern wall. Uh, you see a sword lodged in one of the the metal bardings. In this, I room. know this trick. <laughs> <laughs> from from what you can see of the blade, it looks it looks extremely uh, shiny, almost as if it's silver. Okay, what do you guys do? Wow, 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 wow. You can uh, make a perception check. You don't currently yeah. see a monster. So I don't detect anything magical? Perfect. Let's, yeah, that's a uh, seven perception. Yeah, let's do the perception check first, and then we'll see if Uhtred sees anything magical. Crow got an 11. Flies with the seven. Uhtred doesn't want to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, Father Crow, uh, you do notice something. What is it? Uh, kind of crawling up on top of this uh, metallic bull-like art piece, uh, you see a monstrous caterpillar with dark scarlet bristles dripping with thick, dangerous-looking venom. And it's just sitting motionless. It doesn't seem to be about to attack you, but you think maybe it's waiting for some prey to get too close. Thalias, stop. There's something ahead of you. Uh, I heed his warning. Look, on the bull. At that point, you would... I look closely. Yeah, with uh, Father Crow pointing it out, you would see it. It is a small-sized creature, but as far as caterpillars go, it is monstrous. Do we get to make a knowledge check? Anyone who wants, you can give me a knowledge, dungeoneering, a knowledge dungeoneering check. If we wait long enough, maybe it'll just turn pretty. Uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, Nat 20 on my, on my dungo. Let's go. Nat 20 for a <laughs> 15, Thalias. <laughs> Well, okay, Matt. Okay. <laughs> uh, nat 20 for a 14. Oh, boy. Uh, I got a 10 with a 10. Got a negative 2 with a 2. <laughs> so, Thalias, you recognize this creature as a horn caterpillar. Ironically, I only say because of Andrew's comment, unlike normal caterpillars, the voracious giant horn caterpillars don't pupate into butterflies. Oh. <laughs> Instead, they remain in their worm-like forms for their entire life cycle. You can ask two questions. Well, let's end its life cycle fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's about five minutes. Okay. HP. Okay. 30. Lower. Excellent. And weaknesses. You Please say digging implements. It, it has no weaknesses. Oh, no weaknesses. Of course. The perfect killer. What do you guys do? Uh, I want to take a pot shot at this thing, try and, you know, try and, like, knock it off of this bull thing so everyone else can actually get at it before it, you know, jumps at us. Okay. Uh, go ahead and do that next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. (laughs) TM strikes again. See ya. Yeah, we got TM'd. See ya. See ya. See ya.